It's not as if she were a, a maniac, a raving thing. She just goes a little mad sometimes. We all go a little mad sometimes. Haven't you? Club members, I'm Kate, and all of my vault dwellers have radiation poisoning. And I'm Emma, and I discovered my favorite summer beer, the uh, Bell's American Wheat Ale. Shout out to you, and please sponsor us. You're, you're not going to ask me about my vault dwellers. Um, well, I know Kate's playing a <laughs> oh, you already know game about on my her phone, <laughs> and I suspect it's not going well. It's kind it of my would be away. going well if they would be making enough water for everyone, but they're not selfish bastard i don't know i can't i can't with them sometimes anyway they all have radiation poisoning so there it sounds like all of your virtual uh both your virtual dinosaurs and your virtual um vault dwellers have uh, behavioral issues yeah it does so do my sims <laughs> they all have behavioral so issues do your, yeah so do your real life pets <laughs> not your pets but like isn't that your specialty gate <laughs> that was such a mean thing to say <laughs> Don't you so specialize in pets. fixing? Yeah, no, I know it sounds so mean. No, I mean like that's what you do for work stuffs. That's true. Anyway, welcome back to the Nightlight Horror Movie Club, or if you're new here, welcome. Uh, this week was a crazy week for finding out what the hell we're watching. Oh my gosh, what a nail biter! What a nail biter! So we pitched it to our um, Patreon patrons. I guess I can just call them patrons, but I like saying Patreon patrons. And they are the ones who decide what we watch every week. And it was Emma. Emma's idea for a movie, a horror movie, was Deliverance. And um, I put that on there. I'm like, no one's going to vote for Deliverance. Even on yeah, our Yeah, she gave me such shit. Like, I had already decided, just sorry. because I trust that Kate knows how things are going to go in the horror realm a little better than me, I just, I knew I was doomed to haunting in Connecticut. And that's just the way it was. That's I was not so the way salty it was. about it that I gave you a horrible quiz. <laughs> that is why you gave me a horrible quiz. I know. But it wasn't The Haunting in Connecticut. I completely was wrong. And it was uh, it was deliverance by a good lead for a while. And I was just like, what yeah, the hell is happening? <laughs> I know. It was tied up until the end. And then Kate voted for Psycho. And then I really kind of wanted to vote for deliverance just to shake things up a bit but then where would we be (laughs) anarchy oh hey emma's cat is (laughs) raj is trying to raj would you like to cameo that was his cameo that was emma's cat's cameo that was just a power move i was just like i could if i wanted to my cat just like came up to the microphone looked at it and then walked away he could have done something cute and he chose not to Instead, he's sitting by me like a good boy. Well, my my dogs are not allowed to cameo because they just scream the entire time. So they are two full doors away from recording well, at all times. I offer no promises that Rajan will not start meowing and his patience will wear thin well, over the course of this. We'll shove him in the room and he'll be fine. He will be fine. His room. No one feel bad for him. <laughs> no one feel bad for me. He has an entire guest room. Anyway, so psycho one because em and i normally don't vote obviously it's just for the patrons but um 
so it gets to the tie and then our vice presidents which is our highest tier um patron has they have tie voting power but mm-hmm. that was then tied with the tiebreaker yes it sure so was. i was like was- what the hell <laughs> I was excited. I hope we come back and do deliverance at some point. Maybe. Um, we might. But we did Psycho, and for that, I am I am grateful. Yeah. I was um, I was very curious about Psycho, so I was not uh, averse to doing it. I have uh, one quick announcement, or actually two. Um, very exciting. This Thursday, um, uh, 7 p.m. Eastern time, I'm going to be guest hosting on Press Play Streaming Studios, which is a really cool horror pop culture YouTube channel. Ooh, and um, yeah, very, very excited. I'm going to be um, covering uh, Fear Street Part 1, 1994 with Alan and Stefan. So Ooh. very excited about that. Well, yeah, y'all go check that out. I'm going to go check it out for sure. I'm excited to see Kate uh you know I don't see her these days I mean you know what my face <laughs> looks like so it's not that exciting yeah, don't y'all want to see what the face of the words looks like go go do that go do, go do that Thursday <laughs> 7 p.m eastern time and I am also going to be doing my own cool little fun thing and I'm going to be going on horror movie talk and hanging out with Bryce and covering a movie and you're just gonna have to wait to find out what that movie is do you know what it is no <laughs> I'm a little scared. <laughs> We're just going to wait to find out what that movie is. We're just going to wait. <laughs> it's honestly really as someone who's scared of horror. And I don't know what horror movie. I can't like prep. Like, I just don't know what's happening. So I'm very I frightened. I feel nervous. Yeah, I'm nervous for you. I'm I feel nervy. like so protective. For, yeah. So for those of y'all who like it when I get freaked out, I think that y'all should go check out the horror movie talk episode. And I will give y'all more information for that as I receive it. <laughs> Okay. All right. Well, I'm excited to see what you guys cover. Cool. And before um, we move on to talk about the movie, I do want to give a shout out to our new patrons. We have two new patrons since our last full episode, John G and Sarah M. Big shout outs to you. Um, Woo! You guys should have gotten your stickers in the mail by now. So I hope those got there safely. Um, and thank you so much for joining the club. And uh, yeah, we're excited. Very excited. And those of you guys who have no idea what we're talking about, um, this is the club. You're you're in it. You're listening to us. <laughs> uh, you're in the, you're in a meeting of the club. So thank you for coming. And um, there are no dues for the club, but if you feel very gracious and if you want to support the club, we do have a Patreon page, which um, is part of our horrible trash website. I'm sorry, we're still raising funds to get a real grown up website, but for now, yeah, join the club so that we can have a real website. It doesn't great. say Wix.com at the top of it. Yeah, baby steps, guys. And this is usually the part where we shout out uh, the club member who suggested the movie of the week. And so shout out to Emma. Emma is actually... She sounds pretty cool. (laughs) Sounds like a pretty cool character. A loyal club member. Mm Mm-hmm. But... uh, Truly, though. I mean, I was a club member before I was... That's true. That's true. Sitting in the hot seat. That's true. And um, I'm glad you suggested it because I actually had never seen Psycho. Which is wild. I think it's kind of wild given that both of us have watched a lot of, I know I've watched a lot of black and white movies in my day, and then you kind of by extension of mom. Yeah. Raja, you, th- you can't participate. Okay. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Nothing like right. webcamming with a big cat butt right in front of us. <laughs> I know. It's great stuff. I know. Anyway. Poor Kate's going to have to edit out some jingling. Can you put him down? He- Not like euthanize him, like put him <laughs> on, <laughs> on All right, the Kate. floor. <laughs> 
That's our vet, folks. <laughs> no, I meant like place him gently <laughs> on the floor. I don't want to engage with him. It'll just get him excited. That's true. Well, I, I'm ready to talk about this movie. You ready to talk about this yes. movie? Yes. No, we have so much juicy goss. Juice goss. Movie. Ew. So this is the part where I give a teaser for the movie. And um, this is, I, I mean, everyone, I feel like most everyone knows what happens in Psycho. So I did my best to keep it... <laughs> as spoiler free as possible just in case there are people who are like hey i know that movie's 60 years old but i was watching that and you ruined it so so i i I kept this spoiler free um so marion crane steals a large sum of cash from her employer and goes on the lam and then she comes across a motel innkeeper who is not quite what he seems oh i watch it (laughs) i hope you did (laughs) This is where I reveal that I never watched the movie. I no, figured as much. I, I figured you were bullshitting your way through all the scary movies that you didn't want to watch in the first place. I will say that from the very beginning, I had no idea. Like, I know I'm not going to ruin it, but I knew the climactic scene and I knew the climactic ending. But I just from lore, but I did not know anything about the storyline, really. So that all was very new to me. I knew it was black and white and... I knew. That's all I knew. (laughs) Okay, fair. I think we probably came in with about the same amount of information. Yeah, there's a little more meat on the bone than uh, that. (laughs) Yes. But now we're moving into our spoiler zone. The rest of this episode, I am going to spoil this 85-year-old movie. It's not quite that old, but it's pretty old. It's pretty dated. I'll get into some. I I mean, it's... it's almost 60 it's about 60 years old 61 yeah and i it's it was made like in the late 50s so i I have a section that i called um 50s isms which was every time Ah, they said something that i was like what (laughs) or like i have a couple of other just um descriptive takes that i thought were very uh, there's some very period piece things happening it's hot as fresh milk I loved, I love that even when they got really upset, that even when they, okay, that's enough. Raja, you got to get down. I'm so sorry. Kate was right. Put it, I got to put I was down. right. I know. He's just going to walk yeah. back and forth between us. No, and now he's trying to bite my arm. Okay. okay. This is I fun. Think that's the, I, I think that's the end of him. I feel like I'm now. there with you. <laughs> he tried to bite me, so. Okay. So this movie um, wait, I'll wait until we get to the 50-isms. Yeah, I'm not there yet, Emma. It's not time. Okay. Hold your horsies, because I have to do film breakdown, starting with film genre. Oh, I forgot to the do genre? that part. I guess I should figure that out on the fly. You introduced something that you haven't done. <laughs> I left it blank. Okay. All right, film genre. Um, I, I honestly think you should go classic with this, and can I suggest one? I, I literally thought the genre that you just picked was classic, and I was about to be very sad. No, I think it should be slasher genre. It is the original slasher movie. That is fair. That I is fair. Should, I it think is... it should be slasher genre. Or, hear me out, shower horror. Sha- it's could the original shower horror, too. You could put it in that. What else can you put in that? That's my rule. Uh, the is grudge? That something else has to go into so it. Many, the, oh, oh, my God. It started the shower trope. It's where you're most vulnerable. Okay, deal. Deal. Stuffed bird horror. No, that one. (laughs) (laughs) 
You could have said bird whore and we could have put the birds the in birds. there. But, but bird, stuffed bird, I think is slightly too um, niche. Uh, we'll see. Next movie that has a stuffed bird in it. Yeah, we'll revise this. Yeah. We'll completely redo this episode just for that. So like Emma said, this movie, it came out in uh, 1960. Uh, the budget was $806,000. And oh, really? wait. Yeah, 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 yeah. Eight hundred. That sounded low saying it. That I, ha- I just had to look at it again. But yeah, that's correct. Eight hundred six thousand. Do you know what that turns into in modern monies? No, but I did. I did um, check for inflation for the how much they pay for that house. That how much that guy's buying the house for? They bought the. Oh, I did too. I was so curious. But I was like, should I be impressed? Yeah, he, it was like. Um, but I didn't. Three hundred and fifty and some. You change. are. We are not there yet. Okay. We are doing return on investment, and you I will haven't not cut my money mouth yet. short. <laughs> so the budget was eight hundred six thousand, and on that they made a cool fifty million. <laughs> the box. Oh office. my god! So, I mean, kind of a lot of money. I'm impressed. I was because I knew that this was a controversial movie, and I'll cover that with oh, yeah. reception. But um, I did not realize it was quite that successful. It was yeah, it's it was controversial, but it was still Alfred Hitchcock. Fifty million in old people dollars is a lot of million in young people dollars. Shaun of the Dead made thirty million in regular people do- dollars. That was our last full movie. That was wow. thirty. This one's fifty in old people dollars. I am sincerely impressed, even though my wow I, I realized was wow. wow. That's Emma's signature <laughs> wow. move. Wow. wow. <laughs> All right, I'm still in scrubs. Give me a break. Yeah, I was tired. But the director is obviously Alfred Hitchcock. And the cast, I only talked about two people. And that is Janet Leigh, who is Marion Crane. Uh, Janet Leigh is famous, um, one for this movie and her acting career. But more importantly, for giving birth to Jamie Lee Curtis. That I did not know. Yes. Yes, man. And she, I think I quizzed you on that, but I guess I immediately purged that from my mind. As well, I'm saying it, I'm like, hmm, maybe I did know that. Well, no. Now I, think, I really know I think it. the answer is no, you did not know that. But She, she did a good job. Well, yeah. <laughs> yes, she did. She did a good Thumbs job. Thumbs up. Thumbs up for, for Janet. And she also um, did two of, two. she did had cameos in two horror films uh, with her daughter. And so one of them was The Fog and the other one was Halloween age 20, 20 years later. Did you um, notice another individual who cameoed in this movie? Uh, I know, I don't think this was a cameo, but it was that, the the psychiatrist I recognize from another black and white movie. No, Alfred Hitchcock cameoed in this movie. He did? I recognized him immediately, which was interesting. Was I not Just, paying attention? He's a recognizable dude. Who was he? He was in the, whenever um, she walks into her work for the first time, she like opens the door and you can see, see people on the street. And there was a man with a very distinct profile who I think maybe had a hat on and he was a little heavy and he had, he was had white hair and it was Alfred Hitchcock and it was Alfred Hitchcock. I and I rec- and I was like I was like am I crazy cuz I have not seen another Alfred Hitchcock movie. I just know like what he looks like. Everyone knows what he looks like. Yeah, yeah exactly. Got that entire and he apparently cameos in almost all in the vast majority of his movies he has cameo cameoed in. Interesting. I didn't catch that and I am mm-hmm. ashamed. <laughs> now who's the horror queen? All right, you didn't even know that Janet Lee was Jamie Lee Curtis's mom, so okay. go home. <laughs> I am home. Well, Anthony Perkins is who I really want to talk about. He yeah, plays please. Norman Bates, and holy crap, he's amazing. He does a great job. He's amazing. 
I try to, when I watch this, to put myself like in the time period yes. watching a movie like this for the first time. And I was like, wow. Because it's like his performance, hers like her stands up too, but it's like a little bit more dated yes. in the sense of like the things she does or in her reactions are very much the style of that time. Yes. He is so timeless. Yes. That's exactly what it is. Like I was very unnerved by him and I did not have, I knew the basic plot twist so I had more going in with it so I should have less uncertainty but I found myself very just like wondering what was going on in his head which I think is a testament to his performance he felt real to me yeah for sure and his mannerisms I love that he had like a stutter I there were just a lot of little things that I really liked about his his performance whenever you talk about like the acting of the times I think like the way that I see it, and this is a big reason, like I, I watched a ton of black and white movies growing up with our mom, but I don't reach for them now because the acting bugs me so much because everyone acts like they're in a film noir, despite <laughs> what the movie is. Cause that was just the style of acting. So yeah. everything's a little bit over enunciated and overacted. And this is how they I talk like, with um, everything. I, uh, I, I tend to lean towards comedies. When it comes to black and white movies. Um, they Kate still sound it. like that, though. But they... Everyone talks like Katherine Hepburn. Which is great. Which is I not great to me. <laughs> Katherine Hepburn can do it, but I just get... A, it gets a little exhausting. And, like, that la- the last scene, the climactic scene... Well, like, not really the climax, but the, like, epilogue, I'll call scene. it. Yeah, the epilogue with the with the psychiatrist. I was, was just very, like, very up the time. Oh, my God. I was just, like... St- Oh my god stop. it was very um witness for the prosecution yes very witness for the prosecution i was just like it was another great movie i will add and over enunciated furrowing of brows a lot and then so it doesn't it doesn't hold up for me but in like the the characters aren't very they're just very two-dimensional and anthony perkins as norman bates was not two-dimensional no not at all the one scene and we'll talk about it when we get there but I think you know what scene, in, in my opinion, this was his best performance in an entire movie of excellent performances was him and Janet Lee when she's eating the sandwich. Oh. And he's being so charming and like cool and like nice. And I'm like, okay, like he, I, I get it. And then he just very slowly just derails. Yeah. And you just start saying really odd things. And then he and- just keeps going. <laughs> And he just kind of keeps going. And yeah, no, that was very good. Also, I think, and we'll get to it, but I think his end performance was also very good. Everything he everything he did was very good. And the fact that he wasn't nominated for an Academy Award for this is robbery. And further proof that the Academy will not recognize horror movies as the art that they are. So Okay, well, we should back up just a little bit on that one because they did nominate this for four Academy Awards. Not him, though. No, they did not nominate him. But I think saying that they completely were ignoring it. I agree with you that they tend not to recognize horror movies. But I mean, this got four Oscar noms, which is is not nothing. Well, it's because it's Hitchcock. I bet it was the yeah. directing. I bet it was the writing. You want to know? Yeah, I want to know. Tell me. The nomination. I'm, I'm so sorry. <laughs> I wanted to put in my best before you say it. I'm going to bet score, um, cinematography, and... Uh, writing and directing that's my that's my guess so um i'm gonna actually let me let me pull it because i want to i know what what was nominated but i want to make sure i know what won it did not win any but it wasn't 
exactly the ones you thought. So yes, oh. of course, Alfred Hitchcock got nom for Best Director, but Janet Lee actually got a, a Best Actress in You're a Supporting kidding. Role. Yeah, she got a nomination. It got a nomination for Best Art Direction and Set Direction, and it also got a Best Cinematography, which I think was deserved. The score didn't the get time. anything? Nope. Okay, what? <laughs> what? I, um, I, I, I agree. I think that the score is so... Um, crucial the score is to, crucial to the the tension in this movie yes and that um that the person who did that he is an academy award winner so he eventually got his dues but um he's done a lot of stuff i'm talking about bernard herman yeah so he's done psycho he's done a lot of things for hitchcock so he did um north by northwest mm-hmm. the man who knew too much also North by Northwest, I want to watch now because I found out it has Cary Grant, who I love, oh my God. Um, as well as Vertigo. But then he also did some ones that are not Hitchcock. He did Citizen Kane, The Day the Earth Stood Still, Cape Fear, Fahrenheit 451, which also has a very pivotal score. I have seen that one. And he also did Taxi Driver. Oh, my God. Okay. And on top of all of that, he did um, composing for the Orson Welles, um, uh, their... Uh, Radio, the War of the he Worlds. Did, yes, we did Orson Welles um, composing, and he also did composing for the Twilight Zone. All right, Bernard, I see you. Yeah, he. Yeah, I see you, Bernard. Well, he did done. a lot of really good work. Well, I'm glad some people got recognized, but no offense to Janet Lee, like she's great. Um, Anthony Perkins is objectively yeah, if better. If anyone <laughs> in that movie deserves a nomination, it, it should be Anthony Perkins. I totally agree. Wow. Yeah. Well, Kate. Do you are you curious about the critical reception? <laughs> Not really. <laughs> I have a feeling it did very well. Well, so it was actually initially pretty mixed, and what? it was oh. it was very controversial. It was scandalous, scandalous. Which I mean, it kind of was. Like even when I started watching, I was like, "This is more than an I've. This is more skin than I've seen, or like direct talk about sex than I've seen in any." black and white movie yeah the first scene is these two unwed people in a motel bedroom with like in various scantily of clad <laughs> yeah exactly so the audience liked it so much and it was doing as you have said so well in the box office that it actually pr- prompted the critics to reevaluate it okay that's kind of annoying it is kind, it's kind of like okay now you give it do respect, you actually right. have an opinion or yeah <laughs> that's so annoying um, the uh, so you can let's do the um, the guess of the week for critics and audience. Okay, um, this is Rotten Tomatoes though. Yeah. All right. So this is not back in the day when they were like <gasps> a bra. No. Okay. I'm gonna say not high. I'm gonna say above ninety for both. I'm gonna say ninety eight critic, if not ninety nine, and I'm gonna say ninety five audience. So right on the money with audience, 95% audience, mm-hmm. which I actually did not realize it was going to be quite that high. I knew it was going to be well received, but I didn't know how well. It's an extremely then, popular movie. Yeah. And then 96 for critics. Hey, okay. I did pretty good. Yay me. Yeah, you did really well. Right. And um, they got four and a, or four out of five stars from um, Ebert of Siskel and Ebert. Mm-hmm. And he said, it wasn't a message that stirred the audiences, nor was it a great performance. <gasps> they were aroused by pure film. Which I, I agree with all that. Nor was it a great performance. Well, I think he's alluding to the things you're saying. I mean, I think I don't completely agree with that because I also think that um, the role of uh, Norman Bates was 
executed. I, I wouldn't change anything he did, honestly. He was perfect. He was yeah, my favorite was part perfect. of this entire movie was just I watching him the on movie, screen. Honestly. Yes, that in the I score. think if he wasn't in it, I would think differently of the movie to some yes. extent. Um, but uh, he was in the movie and he did a wonderful job. And I do think in the filming, which we'll talk about more when, particularly when I'm talking about the, the shower scene, which is so famous, um, there was a lot of, a lot of intentionality in in this which i guess is hitchcock's kind of kind of his thing intentionality yeah like like being very intentional with how he is cutting scenes and the types of um directing that he is doing to evoke a particular emotional response from the audience so i i think that his style um from pop culture i know his style is bullying his female protagonists um, from watching this one movie, I know definitely his cinematography style is close ups. <laughs> yes. Up in people's nostrils for any yes. shot possible. I mean, in the shower scene, he, um, he was in they, the shower. <laughs> yeah. So there was like, there was some talk where there were rumors going around that certain other people were involved in the directing of that. And everyone was like, you think Hitchcock didn't have his face all up in the shower scene and want to be a part of every bit of crafting that? And even um, Janet Lee was like, no, he was like right there the entire time. Yeah. And, and when I say style. right there, the four walls of the, the shower, the whole bathroom was removable um, or detachable so that they could be as close up as they wanted to be, as you see in the movie. He loves getting up in people's faces. Which is very effective for me. It was a little bit much. I like, I wasn't, I'm not used to that. <laughs> so I was like, whoa, <laughs> I liked it. So he was, he was praised for specifically, they described the slick direction, the tense atmosphere, the impressive camera work, the memorable score and the iconic performances. Yeah. I don't. I, okay. Like, yeah, Alfred Hitchcock did a good job, but Anthony Perkins carries this movie. I don't care what anybody well, this one says. says the iconic performances. Yeah. So that's at the giving, end. Giving to okay okay they're like oh yeah alfred hitchcock he's the shit and he directed some iconic performances i really i really like the directing i'm, I'm fine a, with I, the directing i don't love that to hear that he bullied his his you don't know about like hitchcock as a person i knew he was a dick yeah he was like a horrible person a horrible person and so like i think that that kind of like anytime someone like praises hitchcock i'm like all right like i roll my eyes a little bit just because i don't like him as yeah. a person I don't like, I'm not really, I'm not be one of those people who's like, oh, Hitchcock. So I feel like it's kind of like a, I'm so like intelligent. <laughs> I took a film and, class. <laughs> exactly. It very much feels, feels that. But um, I don't think it's like Woody Allen where I, I'm like, we can't even oh, talk about no. it. Oh, no. Like there's levels. There's levels. Yeah. Roman Polanski is such more an than artist. One I've seen more than one entertaining um, storming out or explosion of many an actor even ones i like so have I don't you, know, he, it's kind of a wash for me do you know about like the specific things that censors were upset about at the time yes okay so, <laughs> a, a number of things <laughs> because yes i covered the shower scene which has a lot of things the censors weren't kosher about yeah um do we want to let let I'll, I'll wait and let's talk about the shower scene when we get to it and i'll talk about censorship with that well i have some i have some other stuff that isn't related to the shower scene is it related to the opening scenes i feel like that's probably the other big one well no it's related to the toilet really yeah so this is the first movie 
in um, mainstream film or television, at least in the United States, that had a toilet flush. And it's like it's she's flushing pieces of paper like it's not even like a graphic toilet flush. Literally the first time they were. And I give credit for that, too, like that. They're like, you know what? This toilet is a (laughs) is pivotal to the movie. And it kind of is like it's it's you. It's It's a clue. It's a clue. It is a later. clue. It, it, it circles around in a way that I did not anticipate. Yeah. I mean, a clue, I don't, I'm not like begging for close up toilet shoots, but like this as one long actually, as they're in black and white, bring them on. It still was kind of like a cracked little dirty toilet seat. <laughs> I mean, it was a motel. So yeah, I don't like bathrooms in general. <laughs> like I don't like scenes in bathrooms. I don't like wet tile. Like bathrooms Ugh. just gross me out. So wet like, tile is disgusting. Wet tile is disgusting. So and I Kate don't. Knows, Kate knows that whenever I, I lived in Copenhagen, they have, oh they my have God. smaller spaces. Um, and, uh, and one of the downsides of that was that in my bathroom when I lived in Copenhagen and Kate came to visit me, basically the entire floor would get wet. So you and would the wrap. Walls. And the walls. You would wrap the shower curtain around the the there was a shower curtain that went around the space where you would shower and where the shower head kind of rained down but it would get everything wet but one thing they they had which i thought was genius that i a wish drain. we had in all bathrooms no <laughs> they had a drain but they also had a floor heater so it would evaporate the water off the floor mm. not good enough for me i'm afraid i showered <laughs> i showered in that shower and it doesn't I, work for more than one person for it's, sure it's wet everything's wet i don't if you like, want to go to the bathroom soon thereafter it's no it's, it's gonna be wet. a first experience you know like whenever you like are at like the pool and then you have to go to the bathroom you have to pee and then but you're wet oh, it's the worst your swimsuit it's the worst when you have to go to a public yes. toilet to pee. oh my god it is the worst and i hate it and so like this like the toilet being flushed not gross like that was fine watching norman bates cleaning the bathroom for like 15 minutes was that was a long scene it was long and i i was like oh gross he's in the bathroom like mopping and <laughs> which is like yeah it's my kind of horror like bathroom horror is horrible. like ew yeah. don't mop that's all wet yeah. and gross. that mop's not sanitary that's gross he's just mopping blood on this dirty tile and it was like a yeah. 20 minute scene and which i thought was very interesting because i praised the clover hitch killer which is a movie on netflix oh for- i thought you're praising a killer for a second no no, it's a movie on Netflix. Um, there are things I liked and didn't like about the movie, but one thing that I thought was really interesting was they showed a lot of the background of what was going on on the murderer side of it, like the like logistically. And is this they based don't on show a true killer? Mm, I actually don't think it is. Okay, but it was very interesting um, because it, normally you don't see like the setup or like the kind of almost mundane parts of it that are still really creepy. They're very effectively creepy, but they're just not a typical part of a, a horror movie. I did and like, yeah, I liked watching him watch the car like almost not sink. Yes, I thought that that whole scene at first I was like, this is going on for a while. And then I kind of started appreciating it. I was like, this is different and I like it. Well, speaking of the bathroom scene, uh, I don't there's this one the one scene that they do. Um, or this one shot that they do, I forget what country it was in, but the shot of him washing the blood off his hands, I forget what country it is. Someone let me know if you remember, but the, a specific country was like, you have to cut that scene out. That's disgusting. 
Oh my god, interesting. That is disgusting. I'm like, like really? They, that <laughs> they should have celebrated this the sanitation. They they did not celebrate it. They didn't want to see it. And um, yeah, and also the other controversy, like for those for those that don't know, there was something that was called like the Hayes Code, which was a self of like industry created or self industry self created industry guidelines, and there were a lot of no nos on the list that this movie did. Emma mentioned like you know no no man and woman in bed together, let alone unmarried. The kind of violence that was in this movie, absolutely not. Um, flushing the toilet, absolutely not. And mm-hmm. uh, obviously, they had the censors pitched an absolute fit about the shower scene. So I do want to hear about the shower scene now. No, I, I want to do it in the context of our play by play. But I want to know. <laughs> I know, exactly. You have to wait. Okay, fine. Well, I will say one more quick thing. Um, actually, that's a lie. I have a lot of more things to say. So one cool thing was that um, Hitchcock instituted a no late admission policy. So like whenever people came to the theater, they had to be on time or they couldn't go into the movie. And so all, Ooh, the, I love it. all the theater owners were like, that's a terrible idea. We're going to lose business. Um I bet it added to, if that was, as a patron, I would be all the more excited about the exclusivity of it. Yes. And, and it worked because like people were like showing up and lining out the door to see this movie. And it wasn't, I mean, of course it's a great marketing tool, but I I don't think that's why he did it. He did it so that um, people wouldn't show up and then see Janet Lee for like 10 minutes and then be killed and be like, what? (laughs) No, that's another thing I liked about it. I liked that. Um, you get a lot of time with the buildup of this character and I, it made me much more invested in the story because I, at least I knew some things about her and I found that very interesting. I don't know why. I just like, I liked that it took time for her, for that to get all set up. Yeah. We were killing a character, not just killing someone mm-hmm. for the sake of plot development. A character who I, who I had mixed feelings about, you know? what you did about Janet Lee's character. Like, yeah. I had mixed feelings, but how tell me because she was not a good person, but she also seemed to like, I was trying to figure out if she wanted to return the money at one point. Like yeah, she, seemed she like was she, returning the money. Exactly. She seemed like she was having like conflict, but then she also seemed in certain ways, very, um, selfish and, um, yeah self-centered and she also seemed to have like a need for attention i don't know i thought she had a lot of traits for attention she was like immediately inviting him into her to eat in her hotel room okay that wasn't her doing and that is also one of my 50s isms is inviting strange men with sandwiches into your motel room (laughs) no and she she invited him i think she liked the attention i think she thought he was cute no i mean he was cute he is cute to be fair like He's nothing, very, very nothing cute. wrong. That doesn't make her a bad person. It didn't but, make her a bad person, but it just added complexity to her character. Yeah, but I don't. I don't think it's fair to say that you have mixed feelings because she invited a guy into her. room. I have mixed feelings that she fucked over her, uh, the bank owner who was kind nice. enough not to call the police on her. That wasn't nice of her. Yeah, and also everyone she was dealing with, she was very like not likable in those scenes. <laughs> well. Like when? Like I I don't know. Like the guy who was like calling her honey bunch at the bank that she wasn't nice to. No, I was like, Fuck not that him. Guy. 
That guy was a weirdo. No. (laughs) She doesn't talk to a ton of people. She talks to the police officer who was honestly being very cool and very normal. And she was like asking to get arrested. Like she was being such a like she was being so rude with him. I was like, you would get shot in modern day. Like that was also one of my 50s isms is casually trying to drive away from an inquiring police officer. (laughs) Yeah, She was just like, are you going to arrest me? I'm like, If that was now, they'd be like, yeah, actually, I'm going to make up a bullshit charge and arrest you now. Yeah, now I'm... No, well, it's not a bullshit. You just tried to run away from a cop. That was, like, you can't... Yeah, just, like, just much lesser interactions with the police. Like, you have to be on your P, your P's and Q's now. And yeah, she wanna, got away with a lot. Y'all want to know what some white privilege is? Go watch this scene where the and, like, even And that's what I see. I was like, first of all, she would have gotten shot long before that if she was not this, like, pretty white blonde. But then even, like... I don't think pretty white blondes could get away with this shit. Like to the degree of, of uh, belligerence with which she was talking to this police officer. Not like, now. She was like, <laughs> she's like, the fuck she, you going to do? Yeah. I'm sleeping in my car. Is that illegal? She's like, can you leave now? And I'm like, what is happening? <laughs> I'd prefer that you left actually. And then, um, uh, the, the guy who is, it's interesting. I, I, it was kind of likable in a sense because I feel like she's so, she was so like classically good looking and had like that, like, sex appeal and stuff that she could have schmoozed the salesman but instead she was like kind of rude to him and like no stop don't do that stop and I'm just like like this lady he was like oh okay well do you want to wait the tip no I don't want to wait I just want a new car I'm going to the bathroom I can't stand the sight of it and then when she had like the um she had the bag that was or the bag of money that like was sitting sticking straight up out of her purse I'm like girl (laughs) the newspaper with the money in it well, even before the newspaper was in the bag, the newspaper oh, at first yeah. was almost just a distractor because it was also sticking up. And I'm like, I guess it's yes. marginally better. No, but she's like, not. I'm just saying she wouldn't have gone gone very far. I'm like, lay it down horizontally, ma'am. I know you're sharp enough to do this. I don't think she is. I don't think. I don't think she was dumb. I don't think she was smart. She wasn't savvy. No, she was not. I think she was having some sort of break. You think? But anyway, she I thought she was a very interesting character. I do want to get to my 50s-isms. I have a couple left. Just a couple. Yeah, please do, because I, I think I might have a couple to throw in. So it's hot as fresh milk, I've already said, but that's a <laughs> hilarious sentence that would never be uttered in today's time. What did I text you? I texted you something as I was watching it. <laughs> It just made me laugh, and it wasn't even a crazy comment. It just tickled me. It was something. It was what Norma, Norma Bates says. <laughs> yeah. I have it right here. I refuse to think of disgusting things because they disgust me. (laughs) Like that's great. I just like I don't know. I was so vibing with (laughs) with the mom. Like the comments that she made were so funny. She was funny. She's like, "What are you gonna do next? Listen to music (laughs) like a slut." It was somehow so much more effective than even modern day like um like attacks it slut was, shaming <laughs> yeah it was way better than modern slut shaming in the sense that it was way more effective because of how just like i don't let I'm, me guess you're gonna invite her to dinner and you're gonna have candlelight or something else erotic and cheap like that <laughs> yeah. I was like, I actually cheap? after that we finish nice. this after we finish this i'm 100 percent gonna pull up all the quotes of things she said just i did also myself. laugh at the th- at the thought of eating sandwiches and milk by candlelight which is what they were eating <laughs> And it had already been it had already been established that that's what they were gonna eat. She's like, "You're gonna like, but have a candlelight, 
let me guess next you're gonna listen to music <laughs> i know it was so great i loved it so that, that all everything that she says all of her slut shaming very 50sism love it um the I'll, name of the detective what was his name i don't know oh my god i have to pull oh, it up it, it was started with I, it, it was, was long delightful it was there's like up. five characters in this so i can find it really quickly there's literally like five actors right total <laughs> i think unless you count like the sheriff's wife or something detective milton arbogast <laughs> so 50s <laughs> right so ridiculous and even like the real actors names were like normal names like john gavin <laughs> <laughs> detective todd (laughs) this is great all right well uh one of the first the first 50s ism i heard that made me make this list was i'll walk you to the airport (laughs) you'll what you'll walk him to the airport (laughs) okay (laughs) my first 50s ism was the pointiness of the boobs oh damn they were pointy they loved them some madonna bras (laughs) yeah it looks horrible it doesn't look good. It just, it looks disproportionate and it looks uncomfortable. Yeah. You look like a Barbie because it's a cone. Yeah. The one da- the one good thing, I guess, is that it made her waist look tiny because her boobs looked gigantic. <laughs> they looked like skyscrapers. <laughs> and then um, also the way they kissed was so weird. Oh, yes. It Did was you a- notice that? Yeah. It was like a 50s kiss. It was like a weird Smooshy. like. Smooshy. Yeah, it's like nothing ever really touched fully. It's like they kept tapping each other's head or cheek or lips. Like it was, it was so odd. (laughs) And the like the like smushing your face into the side of someone else's face. It was just (laughs) (laughs) as sexy as that scene was. I was like, what are you doing? This one was my favorite fiftiesism. This was just women taking tranquilizers like Tic Tacs. Her friend at the bank who's yeah, like, oh, was. my husband doesn't know I've been, he hates whenever I take these tranquilizers. <laughs> <laughs> and then as she's leaving, she's like, do you want a tranquilizer? It'll knock that headache right out. She's like, no, thanks, Betty. Yeah. I was like, damn, Betty, be cool. You can't be, you can't be popping quaaludes at the bank. <laughs> she was. But she was and you can. All I can think of is like Wolf of Wall Street that he's in his car oh, the on quaaludes. Scene. Yes. Uh, amazing yeah because back in the day they would just be like hmm woman problems quaaludes yeah you have hysteria here's some quaaludes yes get her her smelling salt get her smelling salt they had Though like I will couches s- or a little that's a little older than the 50s but i not will say much. bring back the smelling salts because whenever i got faint when i was doing a procedure not like i wasn't about to faint but i was feeling like lightheaded and warm the nurse was like, I got a trick for you. And she opened up an alcohol wipe and put it under my nose. And it immediately made me feel better. Like immediately. We need to bring back smelling salt. There's some sort of, I don't know, receptor or something. Or we other. I don't know. Call the them something science. different. I'm not a doctor. <laughs> <laughs> I do have one, one more 50sism. And this is by far the biggest one. Please tell me. I think you know what it is. That is an 18 year old. Uh, she's getting married and her father buys her a house as a wedding present. And the house costs $40,000. And in modern days, like $350,000. More than that is $373,000. Well, he sure was proud. Or like desperately sad. I was trying to pick up the vibe. I was like, are you drunk? Are you sad? Like what's happening here? I don't think he's sad. I think he was flexing his money on this like hot 
real estate secretary. He just seemed goofy and desperate. Oh, yeah. I don't think this is a bank. I think they're a real estate business. Oh, okay. That operates in cash sometimes. Yeah. And they trust their workers too much. Yeah, apparently. Well, she had been working there for 10 years. My God, B- Betty's over there popping lewds. And she, he's like, yeah, take care of this wad of cash. That's why she, they didn't give the money to ba- the money to Betty. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying, I wouldn't have trusted either of them. She's, he's like, mm, I'm going to give it to not Betty. I'm going <laughs> to give it meeny, miny, not Betty. <laughs> there are only two people there. Yeah. He's like, no, not you. Shall we dive into the movie no i want to talk about the shower scene no that is in the movie and i, I will not spoil it, it until we get there all right should we talk about ed gein influence no i wasn't going to well i'm prepared for some ed gein influence you're always talking about ed gein you won't so stop talking about things. ed gein and we finally have a movie that is relevant to ed gein and you don't want to talk about ed gein so many of these things are very relevant to modern portrayal of serial killers and i guess some real serial killers too so ed gein famously killed his mom um you're skipping a lot of stuff there all right do you want to do well, like about do you want to take what a kind stab of, per, at what kind it? of mother hit stop <laughs> Kate's face. that was funny kate's face but totally dead all right kate why don't you do this oh i i get to talk about ed gein it's my turn mm-hmm. okay so i looked up a little bit about him um because everyone she loves them. No, I do not. <laughs> None of us are fans of Ed Gein. No. To be, he, to, he, let me be quite clear. Ladies and gentlemen, awful man deserves to be behind bars the rest of his life. Interesting to talk about. Not even that. So he's not, he's not that interesting in and of itself. And like what, like what he did was gross, but like not that crazier, not that, not that much crazy than what, all serial killers do but it what made him interesting if you're gonna get me on my soapbox was not just what he did because yeah lots of people kill their moms and had mommy issues and he didn't et cetera, kill et cetera. his mom what was i'm pretty sure he did no he didn't who'd he kill other people so like girl this is what he killed you- multiple relatives okay this is what no he did he, he really didn't yes he did he, he murdered two people he didn't no. murder that many people no Okay. Well, you you know more truth. I've listened than I to do. multiple podcasts. Okay. He definitely um, murdered a family member, and he got put into juvie at a young age. And then he was so good at juvie that they were like, "Oh, he's reformed. Like he was a a young man, young adult. He went and was put up. They trusted him so much that they started allowing him to give the psychological assessments Jesus. in the clink. Yeah, because he was so good." Good, good at it so shockingly he passed his psychological assessment it was thought to be rehabilitated then all these co-eds started getting murdered he never got caught and he eventually turned himself in he actually was doing such a good job that he was friends with the cops and they called him big ed and he hung out in pubs with them i didn't read any of this are you sure you're thinking about the same person because none of this positive. is on his wiki positive none of the on his wiki he has two confirmed murders and, uh, and the rest is just mutilated corpses none of that's oh! on his wiki i know who i'm confusing him with. ha you're right hey now who's the true crime buff still not me but i knew about ed gein i wasn't thinking of ed gein i was thinking of mm-hmm mm-hmm that's what i thought missy Oh my God! Who was I thinking of? It doesn't matter. It's not Ed Gein. 
Yeah, you should be ashamed. You're you're the true crime person. Oh my god! No, I know Ed Gein. He's from Wisconsin. I don't know him. We're not good <laughs> friends. Oh my god! No, Ed Gein in Wisconsin. We're good friends. Go way back. No, Ed Gein. I hate saying his name as much as I have. It's like you. I hate it. I hate how many times I talk about him. But Ed Gein's whole story. He only has two confirmed Edmund murders. Ed Kemper. Ed Kemper is who I was thinking. Of. I don't know, even know who that is, and I. You just told me way more than I want to. I want to know as little about serial murderers. We all just got a crash course in Ed Kemper. God damn it. (laughs) (laughs) Who also. No, no. Okay. Let's go back to Ed Gein. I'm going to have nightmares. (laughs) Let's just stick to one serial killer. One fictional and one real. Now, Ed Gein was raised by this hell and hellfire and brimstone religious nut job of a mother. He didn't kill his mother. And his mother was like constantly harping on like the, in- the immorality of the outside world, yada, 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 sinners and, you know, Jezebels, yada, yada, yada. And so when she died, that was his whole world gone because all he had was his mom. So she really did a number on him, to put it lightly. So as Emma has since told me and then since forgotten, Gein murdered <laughs> two people. Um, he murdered them horribly. He also... I'm not going to get into it. He also exhumed the bodies of a lot of women who, and this is a quote, looked like his mother. (laughs) And then he did arts and crafts with their skin. These arts and crafts include a human skin wastebasket, human skin corset and leggings, human skin masks, human skin chair covers, and a little bit more. So people, like that in of itself is horrible. Like it's horrible, you know what I mean? But not unheard of. Like, he's not the only person who was a serial killer and creepy and gross. So why did everyone get so fascinated about him? Why is he brought up in so many of our movies? So this is kind of why. At that time, um, people were fascinated with him, uh, not only as a murderer, but most notably as a sexual deviant. So it was perceived as much more frightening due to his, like, quote unquote, gender distress. And all this next part, a a lot of my direct quotes, I get a lot of them from... um, I got a lot of my research from Lindsay Ellis on YouTube. So shout out to Lindsay Ellis. Y'all should go check out her video on tracing the roots of pop culture transphobia. It's a super, super educational um, video. But I got a lot of the, the quotes about Ed Gein from her video. So Life Magazine published a bunch of articles claiming that Ed Gein wished he was a woman and that he had an Oedipus complex. And then the Milwaukee Journal took that and ran with it and was was saying stuff like he wished he had been a woman instead of a man and was wondering whether it would be possible to change his sex. He considered inquiring about an operation to change into a woman, even thought of trying the operation himself, end quote. But none of that was true. None Mm. of that was true. And um, like all of that was just from the press. There wasn't even... That was before there was even a psychoanalysis on gain. And when there was a psychoanalysis, there was no indication of transgender identity or homosexuality. He was, big spoiler alert, a straight man who resented women just like most serial killers do. But all the truth in the world doesn't matter because this occurred at a time when people were obsessed with gender roles. So the thought of a man being a... A, a sexual deviant who dresses up in women's clothing, yada, yada, yada. Um, they took that and ran with it and it became the foundation for 
a horror movie kind of trope and pop culture mm-hmm. trope that is not founded in truth and uh, did a lot of damage uh, to the transgender community. I'm and and that's to say that's not to say Psycho does because it 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 didn't in and of itself. They were working with what they got from Ed Gein's story, and they even say in this movie like whenever the psychologist is doing like his postmortem on everything at the end of the movie and one of the police officers chimes in and is like, oh yeah, he was a transvestite. And he's like, no, not exactly. Like Ed Gein, he was diagnosed with a mental disorder and he quite literally believes he is his mother. But it's more, even more complicated than that because Norman Bates as a character, as a fictional character in this movie, is his mother And as his mother, he predates on women specifically because his mother is threatened by his attraction to them. And Mm -hmm. that in of itself is not terribly harmful, but you bet your ass the reaction to it was because, oh my Lord, this cross dress and serial killer is based on real people. And so this is a (laughs) real threat and y'all better watch out for these cross dressers. These cross dressers. Yeah, all this to say, don't 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 use the term cross dresser. Yeah. But also, um, don't use the term transvestite. But also, this is not based in truth, and it did a lot of harm to the transgender community uh, for many decades to come. Well, that is unfortunate. Yeah, that it is, is very unfortunate. unfortunate. Um, that is definitely a trope for serial killers. That is based in fact. Um, uh, it is not based in fact. Oh, let me clarify. Not the wanting to have a gender reassignment or wanting to become someone of the opposite sex, but having this sort of um, toxic relationship with your mother that is pervasive throughout all of your um, horrific, um, twisted actions. Because yes. like that was not just Ed Gein. The reason I confused it with Ed Kemper is because Ed Kemper also like killed his grandparents and then like... Um, that part is not specifically related, but then, you know, he was doing all this murdering of co-eds and then he, and he had an abusive relationship with his mom, which I think was why he was living with his grandparents in the first place. Jesus. Um, and then he ultimately, before he turned himself into the police, killed his mom. Jesus Christ. So it's definitely not just him. And it's kind of like for true crime junkies, it's very much a thing. Um, so I can't, I don't know all the psychological stuff behind that, but it's definitely not because it's resentment um, towards women. It's exactly. It's definitely not because People it's straight are, men. It's usually it's straight because men. people are trying to, you know, violent people are trying to become women. So glad we cleared that up. Yeah. And go check out Lindsay Ellis's video because it talks about a lot of stuff. Okay. You ready to talk about this movie? I am. All right. Let's set the scene. We are in Phoenix, Arizona. <laughs> yep. That's, that's I don't know it. why that was funny to me. It just was. It's just not like a very like spooky place in my head. But we're in Phoenix, Arizona. We meet Marion Crane and her boyfriend, Sam. Um, they're smooching around on this motel bed. and If you want to call it that. And they're smooching their faces on top of each other's <laughs> faces and wearing cone bras. And they're all upset about how they can't afford to get married because Sam has to pay alimony to his ex-wife. And you're like, wow, <laughs> 50s was different. And so then... After um, that happens, Marion then goes to work, and that's where this hoss comes in and is like, oh, I got to my baby girl's getting married away, and I'm going to buy her a house with this big wad of cash. And she's like, perfect. I can start fresh. And so she takes this $350,000 stack of bills, um, yep. who, which her boss asked, asked to deposit at the bank, and she's just 
she leaves. She's like, oh, I have a headache. Um, doesn't take any of Betty's quaaludes. She's like, nope, I have a headache. So I'm just going to steal this money and I'm going to drive to uh, California. To, yep. to I think to her boyfriend's house in, in California. Yeah, she wants to go start anew with her, with her boyfriend. This mm-hmm. is the ticket to doing it. But she doesn't tell him. Like, he doesn't know. No, that's not part of it. Oh my God. So she, and, and it's important to notice that she gets, um, she's seen uh, on her way out of town by her boss. Her boss like mm-hmm. sees her at like a crosswalk. So um, it's like broad daylight when all that happens. But so she's driving to California and then she pulls over um, to sleep in her car. And I want to know that there, I really like, so when she's driving to California, it's very dated. Like she's basically what they're doing is as she's driving, they're panning to, they're kind of focusing the camera on her. Um, and she is having kind of a lot of facial expressions as, and as she's doing that there, you're hearing, um, voiceovers of people having the conversations, realizing like, where is, where is she? And where's the um, money? Where's the money? And has anyone checked on her? And you're kind of getting this development. And I liked it because it, while yes, it's very of the time, like, it, it would not like her acting would be different if it was filmed now. Um, I thought it was a good expose of what was going on without doing a bunch of extensive, unnecessary cut scenes to that, to that happening, which would have been boring. Also, which would have been boring. And this was also kind of gave you a, a little bit of wonder about like, are these the actual exact things that are happening? Or is she th- already thinking, okay, they've probably asked about me. Is this her interpretation yeah. of what she thinks is happening? I liked that. I took it as it's her interpretation of it. But I, I, yeah. I, I was also like, I, I agree. I was like, wait, is this like, is it exposition or is it in her you head? You kind of got a two for one. Like this movie's not a necessarily short movie and I'm happy that they weren't wasting time giving us 20 minute conversations with supporting characters who don't matter that much. <laughs> I don't, like, I don't need to see the, the real estate agent again. I mean, I would have, I would have watched a whole show about Betty. I bet Betty lives an interesting life. <laughs> But she that's when she gets waken up by a cop and tries to like drive off. And then the cop is like, you're acting kind of weird. I'm going to follow you. She's and like, so you got to arrest me. And he's like, no, ma'am. But uh, you are acting weird. I love her. It's like, I can't remember exactly what the dialogue was, but it's something along the lines of, what am I acting funny? And he's like, as a matter of fact, you are, ma'am. And I'm like, <laughs> an honest conversation. <laughs> Yeah, the cop is being totally like more polite than he needs to be, but um, definitely is like going to follow her. And he does follow her. He follows her even like when she goes to like a, a car dealership and swaps out her car for one with California plates. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, you, you didn't. I would have, I would have kept following because the cop doesn't really. Yeah, it's kind of show up again. The cop like is obviously following her. It was very effective for building tension. Like I didn't know if the cop was going to come talk to her. He doesn't. Um, but he doesn't, which is he's sort like, of interesting. That's suspicious. And he, yeah, he's basically like, anyway, <laughs> yeah. Now back to my hunt. <laughs> so he definitely like, he just like watches her from across the street. And then he even goes so far as to drive over to the dealership. And she basically just boogies her way out of there and just starts walking faster, gets the keys, is about to leave and then has to stop because the, the guy who was test driving her car before she sold it. Um, or before, before they would buy it is like ma'am you forgot your bag and she's like okay thanks bye and she just peels off and that's the dealer and the police officer just kind of like well that was funny she's bad at crime she is not very subtle no so now we're we're in california um it's starting to rain and so marion stops for the night 
at the Bates Motel. And um, she meets Norman, who, again, is fantastic. I love him. He's amazing. And um, not Norman. Anthony's amazing. Norman is not that great. So Norman, like, kind of lets you know, oh, yeah, like, we're we're always vacant um, because the the main highway moved. He says that a lot. Mm -hmm. And um, but, hey, like, why don't I, like, make you some dinner? I was going to make some dinner. You want some dinner? And she's like, okay. Say no, ladies. Yeah. Say no to dinner with the motel owner that you just met. You do not have to accept a sandwich from this man. Absolutely not. But in her lack of planning, she has not packed any food. So she kind of does need dinner. Go hungry. No, go hungry. This man is bad news. But she says, yeah, I'll eat some of your your sandwiches. And so he goes up to the house and then you hear a fight between uh, Norman and Norma, his mother, uh, about isn't that cute isn't that sweet <laughs> family name <laughs> and she's like you're not gonna bring that tramp to my house and <laughs> you're gonna have sandwiches by candlelight like a bunch of tramps i don't like to talk about disgusting things because they're, <laughs> they're disgusting, disgusting. <laughs> uh, i highly encourage you if you're not willing to pay four bucks to rent this movie go look up the scene of him talking to her um because that, as Kate has said, is a great scene. It's like very, very the, entertaining. You mean the one like outside of the house? Because he talks to her a lot. The one where they're eating the sandwich. Yes. <laughs> and then and by she, I mean Janet Lee's character. Because yes. who remembers her name? And then, then Marion. Marion. And then go listen to Norma and Norman fighting. I would listen to Norman Norman fighting all the time. It's so hilarious to me. And they live in like this mansion next to the motel. Uh, that mansion was so nice. Yeah, it's it's huge. But anyway, so he brings the sandwiches and milk to her motel and um, she invites him in and they get to chatting. Um, he talks about his stuffed birds and how he's really into stuffing birds he's got them all over the walls and he's like yeah taxidermy is what i do and she's like oh you, every man should have a hobby like she's really trying to she not this make was, this weird this was very redeeming i thought of her i thought she was so nice with him yeah for some of the nice. odd things he was saying yeah maybe yeah. A too nice he's like look at this stuff be bird. rude stay alive <laughs> yeah be rude and stay alive but anyway so he, he she's trying to work with him and is like hey your mom's kind of mean to you um, ever thought of putting her in like a mental institution? She says it nicer than that, but that is what she implies. And he doesn't like that at all. He's like, why would, I would never do that to mother and starts going crazy. And, um, he makes the comment about how we all go a little mad sometimes, which I'm using as the intro for this episode. Cause it was terrifying. And, and it's also it was a, a quiz question that I missed and I'll never miss it again. Anyway, it so. Great. Then he excuses. She's like, I'm, I'm going to leave. And, and it's crazy because he like escalates. He escalates to craziness. And then she's like, well, I'm going to go to bed. And he's like, are you sure? And she's like, yeah, I'm, I'm going to go to bed. I'm really tired. And so you like, want me to bring ah, you breakfast worry. in the morning? Yes. And th- but then he's like cool again. All of a sudden he's cool again. He's like, oh, don't like he does the hand thing. He's like, oh, don't worry about it. Like, it's fine. And I'm like, whoa. Like, it's just. Whoa. I love it. I love his. That he could snap back to into normalcy and so into so normancy. quickly, and it's very eerie and it's very, very eerie. And so she, this is whenever she goes back to her room, she um hides the money in a, in a newspaper in a stack of newspaper, and then she goes to take a shower. Will you tell me now? Yes, I will tell you now. 
So in this scene, she is taking a shower. First, she flushes. Um, she's been kind of calculating how much money she's already spent. She's thinking about uh, she's having sort of this like come to terms where she like, I think I need to go give the money back. Um, so she rips that up, though, because she doesn't want to get in trouble. So she throws the the ripped up calculations in the toilet. That's when we see the toilet. Um, then gross. Gross. Then she gets in the shower. She's all naked and she's having the best shower of her life. She's like, Ooh, my arms suds. Like she's having a good time. She's relaxing. She's relaxing. She seems the most happy and like unwinding that you've seen her the whole movie. Because that is the place where you're most vulnerable, where you shouldn't have to be worried about murderers. Yep. So then a shadow comes up to the shower you see kind of a shadow slowly being created against this shower from the perspective of her in the shower it's I thought it was really creepy I was I was uncomfortable even though I knew exactly what was happening I I thought it was very uncomfortable you're getting this um very 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 famous shower scene uh um score from Bernard Herman and then um i bet the audience loves hearing us do that in their ear (laughs) (laughs) and then um oh my god raja put him on the floor damn it raja i did put him back on the floor where he belongs okay anyway so he she gets so she gets murdered and this is where all (laughs) so she gets murdered and then she dies as you all very well know and this is what what this scene is what caused all of the hullabaloo with the critics. So a couple of things. One, Paramount, which had um, had funded a lot of his other movies, had helped to pro- helped Alfred Hitchcock to produce them. Was like, no, we are not bankrolling this. We are not having our name associated with this. So he actually they refused, and he ended up financing it himself, which was smart kind of move. A big deal. Yeah, he's like, yeah, no, we're doing this. Or, okay, (laughs) fine, I'm doing this. So um, the censors, things they took issue with. So so the nudity in the shower scene was the first thing that the censors were not okay with. To get this filmed, uh, Lee obviously did not want to be naked for it. So she wore moleskin patches to hide kind of all of her her naughty bits. Um, And she even had a body double uh, who was a pinup model and future Playboy cover, uh, Marley Renfro, who helped to kind of cover for being my stunt double, my body double. Yeah, I know. I'd be like, yeah, that's my body. That's my body. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And then so they had a lot of issues with that. And one of the ways that the director, i.e. Hitchcock, tricked them into having this shower scene in its original form was that he said, oh, it's okay, fine, we'll reshoot it. So y'all come out here, we'll reshoot it. Well, the critics uh, and the censors did not actually come out to the, the scene where they were going to, re quote, reshoot it. And so guess what? He didn't reshoot it. The good They're old all, you snooze, you lose clause. You snooze, you lose. Now, how did they create this horrific shower scene? So first of all, as I mentioned before, they removed all of the walls of the shower set. So they were able to get these iconic camera close-ins from every angle with Hitchcock right up in there. Mm-hmm. They also, um, they were saying, you know what, that we don't ever show anyone getting stabbed. They kind of do, but they get away with it by doing the way they created this scene. They 
is they just did they a didn't fast. actually stab Janet Lee. <laughs> they didn't. So they got her. away with it. In fact, they said, "No, we don't." If they you look pretended. really closely, it looks like they stab her. So for all intents and purposes, it is like it is not okay. And this that's what the censors had issue with. The way they kind of accomplished that was they did a fast motion reverse shot, and so that was the way that they made it look like it was actually piercing her abdomen. So they started, basically, they started kind of with it tucked into her abdomen and then reversed it really quickly and pulled it out. And then they reversed that. And so it looks like it's going with high velocity into her abdomen. How does that change what the sensors think of it? Well, they tried to say, look, we're not like we're not doing anything wild. And then they just got away with it by doing that. But. okay. well, that's what he said. He said, I don't get why the sensors care how you do it. I feel like they would care more like that. You showed stabbing. Well, they cared that you showed stabbing. They also cared that it sounded like stabbing. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So that was a problem that they had. Uh, The way that they accomplished this, Kate, do you know how they accomplished this? The stab sounds? Mm Mm-hmm. They stabbed some meat? No, actually. (laughs) They auditioned a bunch of different melons. What? To try to find the right kind of stabbing sound. And they landed on the cassava melon. Ah. Ah, yes. Our the favorite melon. The cassava melon. The cassava melon. I've heard of that melon. Cassava yes. melon. Yep, that's a honeydew <laughs> for those of you who aren't pretentious. So if anyone's ever been uncomfortable while cutting into a honeydew, now you know why. Because of Ed Gein, probably. <laughs> if you ask me, yes. Yes. <laughs> They also, uh, to create more suspense, initially Hitchcock didn't want to have any music. He just wanted it to be quiet, which is very icky. But the um, composer said, let me, let me try. Just like, let me try to put something together. I have Uh, a really good idea. Let me just. A really good idea. (laughs) And so he used violins to help create this, like really the, the famous, famous sound which we will Should spare I do you again? from not imitating <laughs> again. And um, this was actually the first time that they had done that, like that they had used violence to create a, a upsetting, um, horrific noise rather than using it for like love scenes and kind of soft movies. Oh, the, the day they made the violin bad. I know, the day the violin went bad. I do have one um, scandalous fact that you might have read about the shower scene, um, and that is Janet Lee's boob. No, I don't know this one. Oh, my God. This cracked me up. So Hitchcock, um, you know, showed the print to the censors, and a couple of them insisted that they could see one of Janet Lee's breasts, which you can't. You can't. She covered them up with moleskin. Yeah. And you can't see it. Like, it's it's not even. Like, it's very tastefully and classy tastefully done very classy and so he was like okay i'll fix it and then he held onto the print did nothing resubmitted it this resubmitted the same print for approval and every sensor switched their position so the ones who saw the breast initially now didn't and the ones who did that's um, amazing are the ones who didn't saw it and so he was like all right let me explain to you why y'all are full of shit yeah so what we're trying to say is he bullshitted his way to get these things through he kept saying he was going to change things and then just did not change things and managed to make that work for him yeah because the censors were being ridiculous to connect uh another favorite psycho movie i.e american psycho 
I found a, an, a quote that I liked from Brett Easton Ellis, who's the author mm-hmm. of American Psycho. He said mm-hmm. that he felt this film, um, when it was announced or whenever it came out, he said that it made it such that murder was now going to be an acceptable form of entertainment. Ugh. Which is interesting because the whole, you know, this yeah, whole movie is, it did really like it did. And he followed that up with American Psycho. So, um, kind of laid the groundwork for that. That is problematic, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Well, censorship is bad. Yeah. yeah. He said that in previously there had been violence in American films, but there was nothing like Psycho before that. Nothing that intimate, nothing that designed, nothing with that kind of remorselessness. That's so interesting. Yeah. That is interesting. And like, you'll watch this movie and you'll be like, that's a trope. And that's a trope. And that's a trope. And it's because they'd invented all the tropes. Yeah, pretty much. All of them. All of them. <laughs> Do you know what they use for the blood? Oh my God. There's like no blood in this movie. Like she gets stabbed like 10 times and there's like, I thought the blood was actually uncomfortable because they kept showing the water with the blood mixing with the water as it drained. There was like no blood though. I I actually, it creeped me out. Really? Mm Mm-hmm. I actually did. Okay. Well, didn't, did not face me. It was, I don't know, something about just like the water, like the blood rinsing off into the water weirded me out in some way. wet. Things are gross. No, it was not that. Bathrooms are gross. Well, they actually, they used Hershey's chocolate for that. Oh, I I think that that was a quiz question. So they used Hershey's chocolate because they felt that in black and white, it looked more like blood. Like it translated better with, the, with that coloration. And then on top of that, it had a, a more similar viscosity than stage blood did to actual blood. That's awesome. Yeah. I mean, a perfectly good waste of chocolate, but awesome nonetheless. <laughs> And then the last kind of fact I have about this is just about the directing and the cinematography. So the thing, and we talked about this a little bit, but the thing that made this so iconic and uncomfortable was just like you're saying, the amount of close shots and how mm-hmm. short they were in duration. So mm-hmm. there's uh, their numbers kind of float around and different people have different numbers. Um, but they, they say that it took 78 camera setups and 52 Damn. edits to make the sequence. And it's just like a 45 second sequence. Hitchcock is nef- nothing if not a perfectionist. Exactly. So what he, they did is they did a lot of close-ups, really, really short close-ups, and they turned that into a sequence. So you're not That's able difficult. to settle into any one scene. You're uncomfortable because it's close. You're uncomfortable because it keeps changing your perspective. And um, so they did that rather than just doing a scene, like a single shot alone or doing it in a wider angle. And Hitchcock described this method as transferring the menace from the screen into the mind of the audience. Oh, cool. All right. Yeah. That is I think cool. It's pretty effective. It's uh, my thank word you of the for day. teaching me. Yeah. Te- effective. Thank you for- <laughs> <laughs> thank you for teaching us about the shower scene. I Yeah, I just thought it was so interesting. It is interesting. It's really interesting. Um, oh, very cool. Thanks, Emma. So um, now she's dead. So now she's dead and uh, I'm going to just go kind of fast because I know we've been talking a lot about behind the scenes stuff because there's a lot, but so and the rest of this doesn't like, I feel like the biggest pieces have happened. Uh, no, I don't think so. So Norman um, finds Norma off camera um, with blood. There's blood. And so he rushes, discovers the body, um, cleans up the bathroom very grossly and then puts 
Marion in the trunk of her own car with the money. He doesn't know it's money. It's just like newspaper and all her stuff and sinks it into a nearby swamp. Um, about a week later, we meet Lila, who is Marion's sister. Who looks an awful lot like her. A lot like her. Good casting. And she shows up um, to see Sam um, and to tell Sam about the money that's missing and where and her sister's gone. And yeah, this sounds like something she'd do. Do you know where she is? I, just, I don't care. Like, they're not going to press charges. I just want to know where my sister is. Sam has no idea, obviously. And then the P.I. Arbogast, like, pops in and is like, why don't we all talk about Marion, shall Arbogast. we? Milton Arbogast. P.I. Milton P.I. And so he approaches him and is like, yeah, I've been hired um, by the employer to find her and to get the money. It's a lot of money. This is what's going on. And so then the next scene is Arbogast um, sleuthing around the Bates Motel. He's questioning Norman. And this is probably one of my favorite scenes is him questioning Norman and Norman getting caught in lies and like panicking. Yes. I like the scene too. Really, really good. So he's like panicking and sweating and, and he's lying and then he's lying to cover up a lie and the PI is doing a real good job of being like, oh, well, that's interesting because you just said this and he's being real smooth. Oh, it it's also so made me just appreciate how effective a PI can be because sometimes I'm like, well, what are you going to do? But right. like, I thought no, that that was really impressive. It, I like, agree. Was a great scene. And I've thought the same thing. Like, what is a PI? Gonna, I mean, other than like, follow people and like find them like what is how are they going to be better at questioning than the police but he's very he's much better than the police <laughs> much better but i like this um side thought that the um because no one's thinking that she got murdered exactly what their big um their what's the word their hunch i guess that they're going with is they think that norman bates has this rundown motel off the interstate and no one goes there anymore so what probably happened is that Marion um, paid him off to hide her and to mm -hmm. keep him in hiding. So that's their initial theory. But then um, uh, Norman kills the PI. And so Sam and Lila have to kind of go on their own without him. Arbogast goes missing, doesn't come back to them. And so they're like, we need something is very fishy going on. We need to go find find what's going on. So they go to the Bates motel out under the guise of a, a couple that's checking into the motel. And mm -hmm. their theory is that he killed her. They do think that he probably killed her at this point, but they still think that he did it for money because mm -hmm. she has a ton of money and cash. Like that's what yeah, I would they're like. Think he too. found the money. He has a shitty hotel where that mm -hmm. no one's going to. That's a perfect motive. That's a perfect motive. And, but it isn't. And so they try to check into the motel. He like doesn't really want them there. He's being really standoffish because he knows people are onto him. And um, the guy, Sam, her boyfriend, tries to distract Norman while Lila, her sister, goes to the house. So like first they 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 get he gives them a cabin. It's not the cabin she stayed in, but they break into or it's left unlocked. Um, they go into the room where because he's ask, acting sketchy, and they can see that he. Um, oh, they know. Passes the first cabin. Yes. And so they go back to the cabin one, which is where she was. And because um, they can see that also in the ledger. It's in the it's in the register because that they are insistent upon signing. They see that she was in cabin one. Um, they, they sneak into it whenever he's not looking. They find a piece of paper by the toilet with the money. And they're like, this is too much of a coincidence. And I liked and I liked this bit where. Um, Lila's like, look, this can prove something. And, he, and Sam's like, well, he never denied that she was here. Like, so that doesn't actually yeah, prove anything. I like that too. We need more. And so she, Lila being a very good sister. And just for the record, Emma, I would absolutely do this for you. 
Absolutely, I would do. Like, well, if I, I thought won't steal someone any money, hurt you, so I won't make you do that. How please that? don't make me do this for you. How about I don't that? want to do this for you, but if I hire a PI and that PI goes missing, I'm breaking it into some mansions. Deal. I'm going into some fruit cellars. Deal. So, you, this is the part where you say you'd do that for me too. Uh, I would also do that for you. That wasn't convincing at all. I would do it for you. I just hadn't like thought through that as a possibility. Emma? I just didn't think that it was going to come to that. You're all settled down. You got a job. You got a fiance. You don't know. You never know. Okay. If that happens, I will track you down. I'm, I don't know. I'm going to ask. I will. I'm going to ask our other sister to have the, the murder clause. You wouldn't care. No, I would. I would. I would. Mm-hmm. Well, Lila cares. So Lila's looking for Marion in the Gothic mansion while Sam dis- distracts Norman. And that's whenever... Um, Norman realizes that he's being distracted, knocks out Sam and runs to the, to the mansion. And um, meanwhile, Lila goes into the fruit cellar and finds Norma. There's Mrs. Bates. Oh, thank God. He, she found her because she thinks that um, she has the, the, she saw what happened. Yeah. She's a witness. So she thinks Norma's a witness. Um, she is not because Norma is uh, dead. Norma's been dead for a long time. He's Whoops. been, talking to himself in the voice of his mother um this entire time it i'm sure it's i'm sure it was really creepy if you didn't see it coming i i can't imagine anyone who has heard of psycho that doesn't know that this is the twist of psycho Mm -hmm. so um wasn't a huge gut wrench for me but then he comes norman comes in dressed as his mother with a knife and is um incapacitated by sam yeah and that's when we get the the epilogue rather i guess after the fact where the psychiatrist has done his assessment of norman or should i say norma because norman isn't home anymore it is all his mother's personality or his version of his mother's personality taken over norman is gone all that is left is norma and we get i think we should probably we should probably just also add in case Uh, Just to give credit to kind of the buildup of this movie that they, in the process of doing all of these murders, you kind of see, it looks like it's the mom the whole time. It looks like it's Norma um, because you see somebody with like a, like a a bun who looks like they're dressed like a, who looks like a woman, one might say. Mm -hmm. And then later on you find out that the mom is dead. And so you just get really confused about what's going on. And I I thought, I hated that I knew the ending because I think I I would have been really really, really tied to my um tv trying to figure it out and we see norman's reactions to the the murders and the things that quote unquote norma has done and they're convincing like he is genuinely like confused and taken aback and like shocked and like shaking Mm -hmm. um but it was you it was you dude (laughs) you did it and so the psychiatrist kind of explains what's been going on um norman murdered his mom so his mom was his entire world it was all he had and um norma found fell in love and got a a husband or a boyfriend or something um 10 years prior and norman could not handle it he was just insanely jealous and murdered both of them and but then he doesn't have his mom anymore so he did what he could to keep her alive so he he exhumed her corpse um or he stole it and then the, a, a weighted casket I think was buried is what they said and he just treat and he treated it like kind of like the way he treats 
um, stuffed birds, mm-hmm. like treated the bodies as well as he can't could, and then acted as if she were alive and recreated his mother in his mind as an as like a second personality. And yep. only he was she was jealous and possessive like he is in real life. Yes. So yeah, and so the, that's what it was. And there's a, a great scene at the end that you should watch again, watch the whole movie, but if you can't go watch the great scene at the end where where the police officer goes to give Norman a blanket and then you realize it's Norma who wants a blanket Quote and you Norma. get the uh the uh voiceover of Norma talking about how like I wouldn't hurt a fly and there's like a fly that lands on her arms and she's like look they're gonna they're gonna see that it wouldn't it wasn't me I would never have done these heinous crimes he tried to pin it on me but he can't look at me I wouldn't I wouldn't hurt a fly I'm and not you even could, gonna swat that fly and exactly I that loved that scene and I, and I thought that the at that point the um actor playing Norman Bates does not say anything it's all in his expressions and I think he does a great job he does a it it sells everything it sells the end because imagining this as you are ju- you this is the first time you're hearing this story you are taking in all this information you're figuring out what's been going on this whole time you thought norma was a separate person and then you get to watch them be the same person in this final scene it's so good it is it such really a is. good good scene and that's it that is the end of the movie really good ending well what'd you think are we rating it? Yep. All right. So this is the part of the show where we rate it um, from a scale of one, one, one to ten independently. And then we rank it on our scoreboard collectively. So I'm going to give that. All right. Let me think. Okay. I'm going to give this movie nine out of ten stuffed birds. <laughs> I'm going to give it. I'm surprised you're giving it that many. I really enjoyed this movie. I th- really, as you were talking about it, I thought you were going to rake it lower. I thought we were going to fight, honestly. No, I uh, really like, like, I mean, it's dated. Do not get me wrong. Like it's dated, but literally that, per- like the story is so good and original and cool. It is so iconic and just horror filmography in general. Um, Anthony Perkins was outstanding. I cannot explain there are very few actors who, I, who I'm like, I want to see everything that they were in. And that's what he is to me. I was just so impressed with his performance. I loved the, the cinematography. The score is out of this world. Um, there's very little I didn't like about this movie. All right, then. And I am going to get it, give it nine out of ten sandwiches. Sandwiches. <laughs> okay. Now, do you have our scoreboard up? I do. So this is, I'm going to be bold and say this is, that, this is top ten for me. I think so too, and I think I already <gasps> know where it goes. Okay, where does it go? Well, give me okay. a rundown of the top ten, real fast. Top ten: number one, the thing; number okay. two, ready or not; okay, number three, Jennifer's body; okay, number four, American Psycho; uh huh, number five, American Werewolf in London; mm-hmm. number six, The Cabin in the Woods; okay. number seven, It Follows; eight, okay. A Quiet Place; uh-huh. nine, The Conjuring; ten, mm-hmm. Oculus. This is above It Follows for me. Uh, yes, and ah! I actually want to put it above. I was originally going to put it there, right above it. Follows. I want to put it above the cabin in the woods at number at the new number six, mm. behind American Werewolf in London, above the cabin in the woods. Mm, this is below cabin in the woods for me. Mm, well, that's too bad. Mm. <laughs> is it, that how I just this think works? I like the cabin in the woods. I think that this is just does more overall for the genre. I think that it's more. Like, both of them are very original, and they're very strong. 
I maybe this is just more my type of movie. So that's kind of hard to like rank based off of. Why do you think it can't go above Cabin in the Woods? I think that um, the creativity of Cabin in the Woods is out of this world crazy good. Um, the number of monsters that they fit into one movie was awesome. I really liked the ensemble cast. Um, I thought it was really funny. It managed to be really funny while also being scary. And I just liked it better. The acting was better, except for Anthony Perkins, who was amazing. Mm, it's just better. Like, it's not even a question in my mind. Hmm. It's, it's the same to you, though. No, since you, since you, I think you make some good points. And since you feel so strongly about it, and I'm a little torn, I will give it to you, and we can make it the new number seven, um, mm. making uh, it follows number eight, Quiet Place, number nine, and so on, and keeping Cabin in the Woods at number six. Oh, well, thank you for giving me that. I'll remember that. Will you? I will, <laughs> yeah. I'll give you a bar. That, I'll, you, here's me handing you a figurative bargaining chip for later. Deal. All right. Well, um, I guess that's really it. That was the whole movie. We talked it for a long time. Thank you, people who are still listening. Yeah. Uh, before we go, we do want to let you know what's going to be on our next poll. So this one is going to be more of a surprise. I'm going to post a poll on our Patreon page um, of scary movies with the full intent of scaring Emma next week or next time. Mm, I don't like that at all. Eh, you knew what you signed um, up for, though. We've been taking so it real easy. Unfair. Shaun of the seems Dead, really unfair Psycho. because No, this seems really unfair because Kate explicitly solicited it. Yeah. I'm going to explicitly solicit movies inspired from Ed Gein by Ed Gein. No, uh, don't do that. That's me. Well, you're allowed to do it. Why can't I do it? Because we haven't had a scary movie in ages. Fine. Fine, fine, fine. Oh, my God. Don't pout. <laughs> I will. And you'll, you'll be hearing about it, about me, okay. about it. Well, I'm going to post that on our Patreon page. Again, um, thank you to our patrons for supporting us. And I'll give you guys a poll very soon. And we'll see if we can scare Emma. All right. I'm going to need a lot of words of support. You're going to um, be you wanna, fine. If you want to send no. chocolates or flowers. Oh, my God. Don't try to butter everyone up so they'll pick an easy movie. I know what you're doing. No, I'm not sending them chocolates and flowers. I damn well expect them if y'all are going to make me sit through this. Maybe some nightlights. Some of those stars you put on the ceiling. It is the nightlight horror movie club. I'm just saying. Yeah, it's true. You should have some nightlights. Yeah. Okay. Before I go, I do want to, um, we did get a new uh, review on Apple Podcasts. I we did? To, yes, we did. Oh, this is my favorite. I know. It made me really, really excited. Thank you very much to at I love Mojuda, I think is how I'm going to say that. <laughs> So do we. <laughs> um, the, the title for this one is probably my favorite review title that we've ever gotten. It says, I like it. <laughs> cool. We, we like that you like Oh, it made me so happy. And then it says, I like this podcast. I dig the vibe. 10 out of 10. Watch the platform. Oh, my God. Not only do they. Yes. Okay. We <laughs> at some point have to watch the platform because we need to support that person who took their time to write a very enthusiastic review for us. Honestly, just because of that, I'm going to put the platform on our next poll. Please do. That one is so scary. Oh, you've seen it? Yes, but it was Damn very it. scary. Well, you know what? We're still going to... I'm putting it on I, poll. I honestly like hid, hid behind Peter for some of it. It was really gross. 
I'm putting it on the poll for I Love Mojuda. Thank you, I Love Mojuda. Your review made me really happy. It made me laugh. (laughs) I like it. (laughs) All right. If you want an automatic sneak into um a poll the back uh, door to the poll <laughs> leave us a review make Go me laugh on a review <laughs> yeah and we will plug you into the, the polls the <laughs> well um that's it that's the show thank you guys so much for listening thank you for your suggestions and stay spoopy all right guys stay spoopy 